So as hopefully you've gotten the drift that one of the main aspects of this style of practice is awareness recognizing naturally without our interface, whatever object is arising, and then recognizing what's the attitude of mind in the awareness. And so as just a natural occurrence, the more and more we or our habit comes to be to recognize what's the quality, what's the attitude of the awareness. I found, I know this is true, but I found for myself over the doing this practice, that awareness of the mind, what's arising in the mind, just becomes more and more clear and obvious, not just in so-called formal uh, meditation sitting, but all through the day. And this is, in my opinion, I'm saying my opinion, so you don't think it's what the Buddha said, but in my opinion, essential. The Buddha did say it was so clear is we're practicing to, to see suffering and the end of suffering. And that's what he taught, he said over and over. And what we start to discover or continue to discover is that, as Dalai Lama is always saying, that our, all our suffering, the suffering that the Buddha's teaching can free us from, isn't, isn't the suffering that other people do, we can't control that. But the suffering that arises in our own heart and mind through the afflictive emotions. And it could be a strong emotion in English as a, a sense of being a stronger, more complex experience with thoughts and feelings, say anger, right? Rage, emotion, definitely. But also more subtle, I would say, mental states. So the state of aversion, which can explode into rage, and that's aversion, but it can also be just that subtle, eh, I don't want to feel this. You know, you're not even that far, just the subtle, eh, this shouldn't be happening, right? So that, and the identification with that leads into all the afflictive emotions. Buddha was so clear. Our practice, our sati practice, is allows us to explore and understand how suffering arises in a moment in this heart mind and how it ceases in a moment in this heart mind. Remembering every moment the mind is arising and passing in every moment. This is unsettling for the habit of mind that wants everything steady but it's enormously good news and freeing. This is what allows for our Dhamma practice. The Buddha said once, if even he held up like his fingernail, he said, if even the dirt under this fingernail, if there was even that much that was unchanging in the material phenomena, this whole practice for awakening would not be possible. So the arising and passing, this is what allows for a moment of awareness, a moment of right attitude to arise, to recognize what the moment before had been identified with fear or wanting. We're not stuck in that. We're not stuck in that. This is our practice of oh yeah, awareness. Fears like this. 
wanting is like this. So it's true that we begin to notice more and more, it becomes more and more obvious, the mental activity. So I want to speak a bit about emotions and maybe thoughts if I get to it. But also mental activity arising, emotions, states of mind are not only the afflictive ones. Of course, we start to notice those more because those are the ones when suffering, as I think Mark or Alexis said yesterday, when we're suffering, for many of us, it's much more apt to wake us up, well, I better be aware now there's suffering. That's definitely true for me. When things are going well, I think, oh, how nice, awareness is here, la, 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 you know. And awareness is here for a while, and I don't quite notice the, and it's balanced. So appreciate those moments free from kalesa, free from the afflictive emotion. You might notice ease, peace, stability, joy, equanimity, compassion, simple interest. All of these generosity, wholesome experiences are part of chitinupasana, noticing what's arising in the mind. Awareness of the wholesome, it strengthens the wholesome. This is just natural. It's not holding on to it. Sometimes people are almost in, in Buddhist circles, almost afraid to really acknowledge awareness of the wholesome because we've got the idea, if I really feel it, I'm going to cling, and clinging is bad. And this whole practice is to get rid of clinging. So, okay, joy, it's nice, but you know. Awareness with right attitude. Just some, oh, it's like this now. Joy, peace is like this. When the clinging comes in, if it does, the awareness can notice it. And it's completely different to say, let's just say, peace. I like peace. Peace is one of my favorites. <laughs> I have peace. After a whole hoop of, ah, peace. And then if I'm not aware, it's like, thank God, peace. <laughs> it's just, there's a moment of peace is like this. Awareness of peace. But it's quite easy, just as with the unwholesome, oh yeah, peace. How nice. We're continuing just simple awareness, right attitude. If it changes from peace to, I have peace. Let's keep this going. It's subtle in the beginning, but that could simply be noticed. The next arising experience, I, is a kind of a contraction, uh, narrow, or the clinging, ah, I want. It's not bad or wrong. It's another arising moment. Of course, the peace won't last because nothing does. The mind's changing every moment. But so the next arising moment of, oh, clinging, awareness. Right attitude in the awareness is still us, ah, just like this. This is where we more and more trust the awareness rather than jumping into the experience that finally we get something we can handle that we like somewhere. I'm getting somewhere. We jump into it and forget the awareness. So we can do that with the wholesome. We certainly do it with the unwholesome. I just wanted to mention it really important with awareness to acknowledge 
be with right attitude with the wholesome. We're not just on Kalesa patrol. Awareness is noticing whatever arises. And really, Utejaniya often talks about that what, what can really um, be the, the seed, the fuel for right effort is interest. Interest. It says over and over, you know, and this is really what right attitude is, you know. This is from Tejaniya. Because we want to learn about the nature of the mind and objects, we don't necessarily try to calm the mind down if it's agitated, but we don't try to remove objects. For example, a practice of understanding suffering is not, here's aversion, here's clinging, get rid of it. Our practice is to understand, understand. We said that we understand, and it's not we, it's wisdom that understands. We don't try to calm the mind down or try to remove objects. We don't interfere or control, but observe, because we want to understand the mind and objects in their natural state. This is right view. And this is really, I feel like the heart of the Buddhist teaching, the right attitude, just interest, what's happening now? Pleasant, peace, it's like this. Not thinking about it, but just steady, steady awareness. One starts to notice just through the steady awareness, as Mark was talking about data being collected in awareness, one will start to notice over time the, the conditions that were arising in that were conditions for the peace that arose in the moment. For example, stability of mind often comes, peace comes when the wanting, the aversion has dissipated for the moment. Keep on being steady. How did it dissipate? You know, I'm just giving examples. For example, I remember once Utejan, you're talking about um, cultivating concentration. And we try, try, we push. He goes, you know, concentration or focusing arises through a series of conditions. Wanting it to happen is not one of those conditions. So we want peace. Wanting peace is not one of the conditions that <laughs> leads to peace arising. Wanting peace arising leads to instability of mind. So that's intellectual as I say it. But just through steady awareness, one starts to notice that. And wisdom, wisdom, panya, is what will arise naturally. So watching, ah, it wasn't peaceful before. Now it's not. I saw this thing, on, you know, I read the news. Now my mind's all upset. I wish I could go back to how it was. What's happening now? Right attitude. Agitation is like this. Agitation, awareness of it. And the right view is simply with any emotion, wholesome, unwholesome, pleasant, unpleasant. It's like this now. Allowing it to be, it already is. When we say allowing it to be, we're simply saying this is how it is now. It's really not, it's not something we have the choice whether to allow it to be. It already bees. Here it is. We're taking our refuge in right attitude. Oh, it's like this now. And then what can feed the right effort is interest. Okay, how is it? 
this difficult emotion, this beautiful state of heart and mind. It's like this now. The right attitude is really this, you know, this awareness that's present. It might feel neutral. It might feel friendly. It might feel interested. But I find for me going through the day, whether it's in the sitting posture, the walking posture, the doing something else, the interest and what's arising right now in the body mind, but more the mind. When there's some instability, the interest in noticing that, you just keep on noticing and the steady noticing allows the wisdom to arise. Less and less our doing. More and more the trust in this case, like this now. Just a moment of awareness, a moment of right attitude. So for sure at times, in terms of emotion, many of you are familiar with working with emotions in Vipassana anyway, but there are times um, when the emotions are subtle, Maybe we notice a little easier to just move into right attitude and interest, letting it be, recognizing it's simply nature. This is what the steady awareness lets us see. Any emotion, any experience, it's nature just arising due to causes and conditions. It's like this now, the movement of right attitude or reactivity has an effect in the next moment. Watching all of that, learning all of that, none of it's me or mine. It's kind of like a naturalist or a bird watcher out really exploring, just watching, you know. If you're trying to watch how an animal behaves in the wild, it's not like you're in there trying to direct it and tell it it should do this next. It's supposed to do that next. I read in a book it's supposed to do that, but it's not doing that. You know, the famous saying, I think it's from Audubon, if you know, between looking at the, the picture of the bird and the bird, Trust the bird. So each moment of our experience is the bird. Just being present for what is us, like this now. Reality revealing itself. So we, meeting emotion when it's strong, it's really seeing part of the strength of it, part of what can feed it is recognizing not only the, whether there's aversion or clinging in the attitude of mind, but even more that, that sense of meanness about it. Can really see when there's that, that belief in me, it just feels so much more, well, me, <laughs> so much more solid. And it's fascinating to me, Carol, my personality, all these years of practice, I know, I absolutely know this, not only intellectually, but deep in my gut, I know this, that any emotional experience, no matter that I experience, no matter how subtle, no matter how really strong and overwhelming, is simply a product of the conditions arising in this mind. When these conditions shift, it'll go. I know that, but part of sort of the, the way the strong emotions work and maybe I'm the only one. Let's see if I'm the only one. Part of how the emotion is, is like this unspoken message embedded in the middle of it. Yeah, I'm an emotion, but this is really how it is. And this is how it's gonna be 
for the rest of your life, right? And my mind goes, no, I know it's, oh my God. And then you start, I start having like, you know, images of memories of how it was in the past and images of how, for example, say something came up last night. My mind goes, oh no, how am I gonna talk to the yogis tomorrow in this mood? It's impossible, you know? I mean, the mood's gone in two minutes. But, and I know that intellectual, and I know it in my gut, but part of the being embedded in the emotion is that identification. Part of the identification is, oh, this is forever. And then there's the memory, oh yeah, right. Forever feels like this. That's the refuge in awareness. You're not trying to get rid of the emotion, but just remembering awareness in the middle of it. And the awareness, I mean, someone brought this up yesterday, I think it's a really important point. You know, we talk about, when I talk about refuge in awareness, I often use Ajahn Sumedho's phrase, refuge in awareness. I used to feel, oh, if I take refuge in awareness, everything's okay, which it is in a way. But my um, unawakened idea of everything's okay translates to everything feels really good. And this difficult emotion goes away. That means refuge in awareness. And it's not like that. What goes away is the Velcro of me, I. Oh yeah, this agitation feels like this, awareness with right attitude. Relax into it. It's a relief not to be caught in the wrong attitude of wanting and clinging and being. The relief is that freedom from the kalesa, the right attitude. The agitation is still agitation and maybe even stronger because it's not being pushed away. But it's just this, it's just nature. Like sometimes it's raining and sometimes it's clouding and sometimes it's beautiful. It's taking these steps in samsara and sometimes what's going on in the world is so painful and so hard to even read the news and so hard to be with. Externally, one can't control any of that, but right attitude, we start where we are. What we can see is the response that's arising in mind heart now. This is our really training of the mind. I can see I'm not going to get the thoughts, but the last thing I want to say about emotions then, or any strong experience, and this is again how Seda Tejaniya really teaches, of course, there's many times when the difficult, or it could be a really pleasant, beautiful experience too, is really strong, and the wanting, the holding on, the meaning, or the aversion is really strong, and even, I think we mentioned, even with the, uh, sincere intention of awareness, trying to be aware with right view, it's either so difficult we recognize we're just lost in the reactivity, or really think I'm being aware of, of sadness, of sadness, or being aware of pain in the knee. But it is clear that the more aware, the stronger the reactivity, the stronger the difficulty is getting. We can't quite see with clarity what's happening. So in that moment, just pull back, recognize, oh, okay, 
what's the right view in the mind? It's, it's, it's destabilized, can't see clearly. So at that point, Matejani says this a lot, it's much more useful not to try and force our way to figure that object out, that emotion, that reactivity. I gotta figure out where's the clinging here. We just get into a whole meing stew mess. What we're cultivating is steadiness of awareness with right attitude. Remember that, morning, noon, steadiness of awareness with right attitude. So when we can see it's lost, it's like, it's a training of the mind. Make a choice out of the wise intention of re-recognizing, refreshing the awareness and re-recognizing right attitude. Shift the attention consciously to something that's obvious and more neutral. That's one of the uses of breath for some people, but sometimes breath is not a neutral experience. So don't think it should be breath, it could be anything. Like Utejaniya would talk about, sometimes he'd just feel his fingers touching together. For me, it's often just feeling a sense of my body. But if the body's what's going wild, which sometimes it is, it's being with hearing, for example. We're seeing it doesn't matter what. But recognizing the clarity of intention is this training for the mind. Come back, re-recognize with some neutral, obvious experience. Oh yeah, it's like this, awareness receiving. Right attitude, it begins to feel again, you get that refreshing, it's more neutral. The interest can come back. And then if the difficult emotion or experience arises again, it arises again, don't think, it's sitting there, it's sitting there waiting. I'm putting that anger on the side, but it's sitting there waiting for two minutes or three hours, it isn't changing, and then I go back. Remember, no steady state. But it arises again, calls the attention, fine. We explore again. And it may be you titrate back and forth, back and forth, remembering the job of awareness, the job of awakening is not fixing what's happening. Cultivating the steadiness, coming back into awareness with right attitude. And more and more recognize the trust comes, the wisdom follows, the understanding follows, really seeing how suffering arises, how suffering ceases in a moment in our heart-mind. Okay, more than enough. Okay, now start being aware. Is there any difference between this moment and the last moment? Yes, there's a difference. Were you, I was gonna, if we were in a hall, but we're not in a hall, I'd say, how often was there awareness of hearing while I was blabbing on, or awareness of any moods or thoughts that came up in your consciousness during this time it had nothing to do with what I'm saying, or awareness of physical sensations, or really a sense of focusing or judging, you know, no matter what. And now it's this moment. So we're taking the choice in the form of uh, silent meditation, sitting, standing, lying. Just allowing awareness to receive 
whatever senses come of the posture in the body, the sensations in the body, awareness receiving, nothing to do or change or fix. It's like this. Whatever is arising in the mental sense door, the mood, thoughts, reaction, interest, calm. You don't need to name. If a name comes, that's fine. That's the next arising thought. We're not here to stop thinking. Simply another object received in awareness. Really exploring the total reliability of the accessibility of just a moment of awareness receiving. Getting interested. What's the attitude? Again, not needing to name, but we're just getting more and more familiar <clears throat> when there's right attitude, whether it's neutral or equanimous or interested or friendly to whatever's arising. When there's not, <clears throat> when there's some kalesa. For me, I'm getting much more familiar with the sense of subtle or gross conflict or tension or destabilization. And then that's simply the next arising experience. That's all. We can so trust, so have confidence. This moment of awareness. This moment of awareness. No past, no future, just now. So let's just quietly get interested, explore this for the next some moments together.
May our sincere motivation, our sincere intention in our practice, whatever it is to recognize awareness, to cultivate deeper compassion and wisdom, to liberate the heart and mind, to be of benefit in this world. As the Dalai Lama often says, he trusts in his sincere motivation. Everything rests on the tip of motivation. So as we share, if you choose, the beneficial energies generated by our practice together. It's not about assessing what's happening in practice, but really trusting in our sincere motivation. It's a source of wholesomeness and beneficence. May our sincere practice be a cause, a condition for our own awakening from confusion and deepening of compassion. And may these energies be shared with all living beings in this realm, in this world. May it be so that our practice is a cause for the freedom from confusion, hatred and fear of oppression and sorrow. May our practice truly be shared with all beings. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings know wisdom and compassion. I want to just share a couple of tips, maybe we've said before, that can really, if we get interested, interest is always the key, can really support our uh, deepening into a bit more steadiness, more continuity of remembering mindfulness as we move through the day. The first I know we've spoke about is just getting interested in awareness of seeing. This has been so almost transformative, I would say, for me. Seeing is just that simple, it's the receptive quality. You know, if if your eyes work and they're open, just receiving, it's not so much about naming things. And looking 
is when there's an active direction of attention towards a certain thing. And we can feel that active direction in the mind of looking, which is fine, the two different things. But just noticing, not try to grab every moment of seeing, not that, but how often is the predominant thing. And I heard Sado talk about looking in a way that I thought was really kind of fun and helpful moving through the day. Just noticing, and you're aware of seeing, how often there's looking, looking to the doorknob to, to touch it and turn it, looking to the computer, looking to the correct key that you want to press, looking to the mute button, looking out the window, to hearing a sound and looking out and seeing the trees blowing in the wind, looking at the faucet to turn it on, looking at the handle of the fridge, then standing there looking at the fridge for however long, you know, what do I eat now? Just a million times a day. And just noticing that, it's no big whoop, but every noticing, you know, it gets interesting and that's a re-emerging into simple receptive awareness, into just wise uh, attitude, seeing what's happening. And just seeing how often seeing comes up. And often when I find, when I can start to feel this all discombobulated and all, I'll just open my eyes. I don't think seeing, seeing. I really just open my eyes and you see that, ah, just kind of landing in the middle of experience, seeing. You don't have to do anything. When I first was taught about seeing that or heard about it, I would think I'm supposed to like look at this tree and if I'm really able to do seeing meditation, the whole sense of the concept of tree should deconstruct, you know, and I'm just seeing pixels. I mean, I made myself crazy with that. It's just recognizing seeing is happening. It's so simple. We just try too hard to make it match some idea. There's no idea. It's just seeing. Relax. So that's one tip. And the other, and this is actually where I find really interesting as we're more and more just tuning into awareness and right attitude. We more and more start to notice just what's the quality in the mind that leads to a particular action. As you know, the Buddha spoke about this as intention, chetana. So every action has a, a, a movement in the mind, kind of a uh. Joseph Golson calls it the uh movement, right? Before you move your arm or your leg. But in a slightly bigger sense, there's some mental cause, because everything's cause and effect. So, for example, I may um, have the action of looking at the computer, looking for the mute key, and the movement is an idea of wanting to mute it. I mean, there's no right or wrong about that. Just that that's simple. But kind of watching very simply, don't get nuts about this, going through the day, and this, I, I actually find this really fun, just noticing all the different little choices the mind makes. So when we, when I say, when we turn off this sitting, there's a moment of choice. Do I keep sitting? Do I get up? Do I reach for the computer and turn, turn the screen off or do I not? I mean, don't analyze, just kind of notice the movement. Notice the choice when I go to pick up a glass 
Do I use my right hand, which is closer, or do I use my left hand? When you stand up and you go to, do I walk or do I do the dishes? You go to walk, notice as I walk out the door, do I turn right, do I turn left? Okay, you see how you can go crazy with this? Don't. Just let everything be normal and natural. But just bring in that noticing. Oh yeah, choice. Do I want? No, I don't want to walk. It's not nice out. I want to go sit. There's no right or wrong. You don't think, well, I should walk. It's not about being nice. I shouldn't be driven by this. Okay, that you can notice that. But just notice why. Again, this is to understand how the mind and body works, not to try and make our mental experience fit some pattern we have in the mind of only wholesome and not unwholesome. One, we can't do it. Second, that hides reality. When we really can meet what's arising with right attitude, it can be unwholesome. Right attitude's not unwholesome. You wanna see how it works. Don't be afraid. Say, oh, I'm not going out. It's not nice out. You know, Carol, all you ever do is go for comfort. That's right. Okay, sit down and notice that. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. With right attitude, nothing lasts. We can really explore. Oh, okay, I'm not going to have time for questions. But I just want to end this in terms of not being afraid. With right attitude, with awareness, can be with anything. In this sitting, it popped in my mind. Something said, Upandita. Upandita said to me in an interview, I don't actually remember what I was reporting, but clearly it was something I didn't like or wasn't really quite able to be with. And he said to me, and he gets a rap for being tough, but I always experienced him as tough as his personality, but the motivation of his teaching, I personally experienced as total compassion. And so in this interview, he goes, you don't need to be afraid of anything. And I know what he meant. He wasn't talking about the world external. He was talking about with awareness. He would never use this language. With awareness. Taking refuge in awareness. I don't need to be afraid of anything that arises. We'll be met in awareness. Sometimes it's not. And then we can move to the neutral and refresh the awareness. But the more we love and trust awareness, the less we need to be afraid of the unwholesome or afraid of being present with the wholesome because we might get attached. Let reality reveal itself in the light of this moment of awareness. Okay, so that's the end of our time together this morning. Sorry, I didn't have time for questions. And when I opened my eyes from the sitting and saw a screen full of faces, I felt so much happiness and love. I really, it's weird how it feels like we're here together with our sincere intentions, being willing to face all that's most beautiful, but all that's most scary and difficult in this mind and heart, in your mind and heart. It's the most powerful work we can do for ourselves to bring into the world. So I thank you from the depths of my heart. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.